0: Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. Oh, anyway, pretty much every time I worship, I get an entire message based around the two or three songs that we sing. Like every time, I'm like, should I just totally scrap what I was going to talk about and just preach? Like, what? There's so much life and truth in the songs that we sing, guys. Like, it's not just like. Wow, we're weird church people that stand together in a room and like sing songs at a screen. Like, no, we're declaring things and there's something in the vibrations and all of that, all of the frequencies. And I'm not musical, but I get this. There's something that's released in the frequencies of music that do damage to the enemy's plans. It's crazy. Okay, there's nothing else like it. When you feel like you're in the darkest place ever, throw on some worship music, something. If you can actually play an instrument unlike me, just like get something out and do like musical warfare. I'm dead serious. Has anyone ever experienced that reality happening? Like you put some music on and it's like, the devil's just like, that's bigger than, because it's words combined with the sounds of heaven being released. It's like ridiculous. That's not what I'm preaching on tonight. Anyway, (sighs) Ah, you guys okay? Yeah? Yeah? Are you going to be real quiet again tonight? Like, no? All right. All right. Good. So, I keep listening to this Elevation Church guy. Have you ever heard of Elevation Church? Steven Furtick. Have you heard of this guy? He's like this preacher dude. And he's like, he gets his preach on. It's kind of not my norm. You know, like I grew up in a pretty conservative church, you know. And it's not even Life Center's norm. But like, he does. he's got an organist in the back that's just playing the whole time. And when he gets riled up, it's like, I can't make the sound like an organ, but, and they like build it up. And he's like, the whole crowd's like, like explodes when he says something good. And, and sometimes when they don't explode, he's like, I'm preaching way better than you're saying, you know, and like, he gets all fired up and I'm kind of like, wow. But anyway, you're welcome to get a little noisy if you agree or if you disagree, if you disagree, keep your mouth shut and tell me later. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. But Anyway, don't boo me off the stage, please. I don't need that. Anyway, um, so we're launching a new theme for April because what was all of last month, March? Do you remember? It's not even fair. And we talked about how we totally get to kick the devil's butt because we totally rock. Yes? Yeah, that's where you could get loud. We totally rock. There we go. I love that. Good. It 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 does work does work, right, Kevin? Yes. Anyway, um, so we got a new theme this month. Can you guess what it is? Let's break something. Let's break something. How many of you love breaking things? Yeah. Come on, really? Raise your hand if you love to break things. This is probably, like, the guys will be across the board, right? And the girls will be 50-50. Maybe the girl's like, but that's awful, right? Now, some some girls, not all, I'm not stereotyping, but, you know, it is. It's a good thing that... We breaking men have women in our lives that go, that's not a good idea, right? Because we'd break. Because we uh, went camping with a bunch of dudes this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. See, now we're getting rowdy, right? 12 flipping degrees overnight and we camped, And we did not take tents. We just built a shelter. We built a shelter out of trees and sticks and leaves. 10 people large. Like, we all slept, 10 of us in there, pretty spacious. Like... We weren't even on top of each other. Well, some snub. Anyway, we won't go there. But we built a shelter and we like, how much did we break? Uh, We broke trees. We broke bread. We had just became this, like we had to gather a lot of sticks to build a fort for 10 people to live in, right? For the night. One night. It was a lot of work, but it was fun. So we're out there like picking up whole trees, like two guys bring in like a tree from literally that wall to me. Like. Two guys up on their shoulder, hauling it through the woods, and then we'd get it up near the near the camp, and we're like, this is way too big. We got to do something about it. So we'd find two trees close together and stick the end of the tree in it, right, in between the trees. And then we'd like two, three, four, however many dudes it took to break that tree in half, we'd all get on it and just walk. Boom! Like big trees break, like this big. We were feeling... I don't know how to do that. We probably could, but we broke trees. We took trees that were standing there. I wish I could say they were alive ones, but dead trees that were still standing, but you could tell they were rotted out a little bit. We'd get like three guys on the bottom, like, boom, like it would shake the forest. It was. It was like, and the girls go, like, this is. Waste of energy, right? I know. Like and then there was this really embarrassing moment that started out cool and ended badly. Yeah. I pick up I pick up this big long branch, I don't know, it must have been a hundred feet long. I'm exaggerating. No. It was this big probably like the width of one of these paintings. And I pick it up right in the middle and I go to a couple of guys, I'm like, okay, guys, watch this. And there's two trees like there and there, and I just took off running with it. And Boom, I blew right through it, and I was like, yeah. So then I took a couple steps, like, that was awesome, and totally tripped and fell. I was like, oh, ruined my moment of glory. I was like, yeah, I did that, Poof, on my face. I did, I did. I can admit that I'm kind of a fool. Anyway, so we're going to break some things this month to get back on track. Are you okay with that? If you don't like breaking things, hopefully you will by the end of the month, but we really want to do some breaking off of boundaries, walls, and barriers, and like blockades in our lives. Is that okay? Can we break some things? How many of you would agree that somewhere, someplace in your life, you got stuff in the way? right? Oh, hello. Yeah, right? We're human, right? We've got all kinds of stuff. So our entire goal this month is just to give you some tools, give you some concepts, some hopefully creative and hopefully stuff that really makes sense. Life tools to learn how to break stuff off that gets in your way because the enemy is going to continue to build walls in your way, right? And that was the first song we sung. See, there's a whole message in that. It's like, right? Spirit break out, break our walls down, just come and boom, because we all have these walls that just get put up. Sometimes we do it ourselves and sometimes the enemy just puts them in our way to see if we can do it, you know, or see if he can stop us or slow us down. That's his entire goal and mission. He knows he can't win, so he figures I'll just slow him down by putting huge, seemingly insurmountable barriers in our way. But this month we just want to talk to you about how to break through some of that stuff. So what I want to start on this week And this is kind of like a mixture into the theme and mostly about what this week represents. How many of you know what week we're in? What? Easter, bunnies and eggs and flowers, right? And peeps. Who likes peeps? Yeah, who likes about two peeps and then you hate them? Yeah, see, but you can't stop at two. That's the problem, right? You end up eating the whole strip and then you're like, there's another box. They're kind of amazing, but they make you feel awful. It's like candy corn in the fall. You can, It's so good, but then you eat too much and you feel awful. But anyway, Easter this week, right? Which represents what? What are we celebrating at Easter? The resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus, right? But guys, there's like, and there's such this incredible power, obviously, and it's this amazing thing that is absolutely the pinnacle of all of Christianity. It's, in, it's absolutely the center of all that we do. Because if Jesus Christ did not die on the cross, go in the grave, and on the third day raised from the dead, everything we teach and everything we believe is totally worthless. So this week represents something so incredibly pivotal. And I know sometimes we go like, yeah, every year we do this. And it's like, yeah, Holy Week, yeah, right? Like, but guys, there's something so Critical that broke in the whole history of mankind at the moment when the cross happened and the resurrection came a couple days later. Do you follow? And I want to just paint like, and I've got too much in my heart and brain to probably cover tonight, so I'm going to try just some of it. Because some of what I'm totally fascinated about this season and this holiday is just God's impeccable planning. Impeccable planning, like ridiculous, right? You go all the way back, and it goes back, and there's a lot more to it than this, but you go all the way back to Egypt, right? The Exodus, right? You got that whole deal? And what happened right before the Israelites got out of Egypt? What was the last thing? Right? All the firstborn sons of every household were killed by the angel of death that came through and swept. If you've seen Prince of Egypt, you totally know what I'm talking about, right? And now, old moms cried, and everybody's screaming, right? But what was the, what was the, the, um, the difference that occurred among the Jewish people when that happened. Does anybody remember? What? The blood on the doorposts, right? God commanded all the Israelites. He said, I'm going to send a terrible curse through this land, through the city, through Egypt, and every firstborn son in every household will be absolutely smited in the middle of the night. Smitten. Is that the right word? Okay. Okay. But God said, to each of you who belong to my people, the Jewish people, God's chosen people, I want you to take a lamb and I want you to slaughter it. I know, it sounds awful if you're a Peter person, right? Okay, but take a lamb and I want you to paint your doorpost with the blood from that lamb. And when the angel of death comes by your home and sees the blood on the doorpost, you'll be saved. And we look at that and we go like, wow, that's cool. Okay, what did they call that event in Jewish history? You guys know what it's called? The Passover, okay? Fast forward all the way through to the night Jesus was betrayed and handed over to Pilate and all the whole deal and the crucifixion. Dinner, the Last Supper, as we know. What what dinner was that? Were they just having dinner? The Last Supper, which was what? The celebration of the Passover in Egypt. Jesus had the Passover dinner with his disciples in that upper room that night. And at the end of the meal, as they're celebrating The blood of the lamb that rescued their people and brought them salvation from Egypt, right? And freedom. Jesus is sitting there and he goes, guys, you have no idea what we're doing right here. But he takes the wine and he says, drink my blood. Freaky, right? This is my blood, a new covenant, right? What's behind me? Oh, is it changing? You guys are all looking like, okay. Okay. But he takes, the, he takes the, the blood and he takes the bread and he says, this is my body given for you. And his disciples are all like, that's weird, right? Like, we don't know this whole thing, but he begins to paint this beautiful picture of what was about to occur as he went to the cross. Because Jesus, living, walking every day, a perfect man, sinless, but he experienced every temptation. I think I touched on this the last time I was here, is that Jesus experienced every possible human temptation that could ever exist, Everyone way beyond the level that any one of us could ever experience. Why? Because he never sinned. To the point that he was tempted and tempted and pushed and pushed and pushed, he didn't falter. Where the enemy like pushes on us, push, push, push. And we have this tendency within us to sometimes fall short. Anybody? Get pushed too far, right? And you're just... (laughs) You know, so if you imagine the level of temptation you've experienced in your life, Jesus took it all, all the way through. And in that life, he walked out and came before the cross, right? And put and carried upon himself all of the sin that you and I would ever commit and all the sins that ever had been committed by mankind from Adam and Eve. He took the apple on his shoulders and every other sin that went with it and willingly went to the cross. And I read this really cool thing when I was reading about it. This week is that as he was carrying the cross up to the mount to be like stuck in the ground, they offered him a glass of wine. You remember this? You ever read this part? They offer him a glass of wine and it's mixed with what they call gall. And I was like, what in the world is gall, right? Anybody know what gall is? G-A-L-L? What? No. That was later they offered that while he was on the cross right before he died. But this was something they offered him and it says he tasted it and then he rejected it. He spit it out because he realized what it was. Gall is actually, this will really freak you out. Probably why he didn't like it partly is gall is bile. If you're in biology class at all, it's that acid in your stomach that breaks down your food and helps in the digestive process. In that time, bile was used as a medicinal painkiller. And it was offered to Jesus to ease his pain as he went to the cross. It was offered as a medicinal, like, this will help. Like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? But instantly he knew what it was and he said, no, I will not take any easing from the pain that I'm carrying because the Bible tells us that Jesus went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross because you and me and all of us were the joy set before Jesus Christ when he went to the cross. And he didn't want to cheapen that whatsoever. He said, no, I'm a good father and I love them. I won't take any pass on this. I'm taking all the brunt. I'm taking all the weight. I'm taking all the sin and I'm going to the cross and I'm paying the penalty once and for all. And if you know about the Jewish system and all that and the sacrifices and all that, and it's crazy because even the shepherds at Jesus' birth, there's some speculation and you never know. Okay, because there's like, we hear that of these certain shepherds right, that were watching over the sheep, okay? Well, these are certain shepherds and it's been speculated by different tracts and different things that these very likely would have been the shepherds that watched over the flocks that were marked for sacrifices in the temple because they had every they had the regular sacrifices in the temple that paid the penalty for the sins of the people. And certain shepherds that the angels decided to go and visit were those in charge of the spotless, perfect lambs. And they came and like, the angels come and announce this and all the Jewish people have been waiting for the Messiah to come for for forever. So the shepherds quickly said, come let us go and see this thing that they've told us about. They bailed on their sheep, which shepherds don't do. But they got a new fresh revelation of what it was that had come and that Jesus had come. And there's so much of this stuff that wraps through the life of who Christ is and what he did. And it's this unbelievable reality that when you see Jesus actually go to the cross, I'm totally blown away and I love talking about the four natural phenomena that happened at the point when Jesus died on the cross. Does anybody know what they are? Four natural phenomenon, what? There was an earthquake when Jesus died on the cross. What else? What? It got dark. It was noon, it says at the sixth hour, which was at high noon, according to the Jewish clock and time, high noon, the sky got dark. That would freak you out any day of the week, Right? Dark, not just like cloudy, dark, okay? It says like, that's crazy, right? So at noon, it gets totally dark and there's an earthquake, what else? The veil in the temple tore from top to bottom. You guys know about the veil? Approximately 14 inches thick of fabric, 14 inches thick. It was like several, I forget how many layers of fabric and it was about 30 feet tall and 15 or 20 feet wide and it ripped top to bottom with nobody touching it. Pretty wild, right? There's so much to that too. What was the fourth one? This is the most exciting one and most people don't know about it. Zombie apocalypse. (laughs) It's in the Bible. It says it right in Matthew. You can look it up, okay? And it says, many of the saints who had gone before came up out of the valley, the Kidron Valley, which was outside the city, which was the burial ground for the saints of the faith, came up out of the graves and walked to the city and appeared to many people. It's like, that's nuts, right? And we all get all like, oh, yeah, Walking Dead. That's going to happen. The zombie apocalypse. Like, so old. It's been done. God already figured that out. And everybody's way behind. Hollywood does nothing original. (laughs) Nothing. All right? Amen. Right? But seriously, like, you think about this at the time. And now, listen, I want you to go with me right now and put yourself there at the foot of the cross that night when all this happens. What goes through your mind? Like this is freaky, right? Natural phenomenon, all this kind of crazy stuff happens, right? We know the day of the crucifixion, it comes up this Friday as what? Good Friday. I know everybody laughs when you think about that. You're like, I remember. How many of you remember as a kid hearing that and going, hold on. I remember as a kid going, mom? Been going to church for a lot of years, and every year we talk about this Good Friday thing, but I'm pretty sure it means the day that Jesus died, right? I was young, right? I was like, how is this good, right? Try picture being there, being Mary, his mother, sitting at the foot of the cross while your baby, who you raised from birth, who was a total gift from God, is bleeding and dying out on a cross above you. Or his best friends who spent three years gave everything up to follow this dude, And they stand there going, what is happening? And Jesus had already given them the truth. He had already told them, I'll be back. It's okay. He even told them he's going to raise again from the dead. And they're all like, ah. They all were like losing it. Like, what is happening? Not a good Friday, right? Not a good Friday, right? I mean, seriously, try being there. We all look back and go, oh, that was a good Friday. Jesus took our sins on the cross. And it's like, yeah, right? But put yourself there and go like, what? was happening in that moment. And I feel like, I've got this like maybe a week ago and shared it on Tuesday morning in prayer, but I feel like that's a word for most of you in your lives right now. Is there stuff going on in your lives right now that feels like, what is God doing? What is he thinking? It's dark, there's earthquakes, dead people are all over, like, okay. Go with me on the analogy, okay. But you, it might be for some of you, there's crap going on in your world and you're like, there is nothing good about today. And that was the sentiment that day for pretty much everyone. I think everyone. Like, this is not a good day. But the third day, Christ rose from the grave, came out of the grave and showed the goodness of Friday. But it took a step of faith. It took some time to see, okay, And again, we've already heard the truth. We tell you here all the time, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. You have a loving father who's watching over you. It may not feel like it in the very moment right now, but hang on for the third day. Hang on. Because God has a good plan and he's totally all over this. You follow? It's a good day. You can even in your trials today, you can say it's a good Wednesday. Because you know your father's got something on the other side of Wednesday. And it might take longer than three days. But go with the trust in a father who's already given you the promise. Jesus told him, I'll be back. It's okay. I got to go away. And they're all like, no, I'll not let it happen. And he's like, yes, you will. It's okay. And then it happened. And they all, I don't know what's going on. Like, right? Anybody ever felt that? But the third day is a powerful reality, guys. And the last thing I want to touch on tonight is this reality of what broke at the cross. We know all the ground broke, and the curtain broke, and the graves broke, and that's pretty cool, right? Lots of stuff broke at the cross, but there's something so significant when we look at the Jewish people of that time who saw before them the Messiah, and I'm not, you know, being an anti-Semite or whatever they call it, right? But I'm just saying the Jewish people put Christ, the Messiah, on the cross because they didn't want to believe that this was the Messiah they waited for 4,000 years to come. Because they had pictured in their mind what it is. And still to this day, the Jews believe that the Messiah is yet to come and don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They were like, no, that doesn't work with how we had it figured out. The Messiah is going to come and he's going to raise Israel to conquer and power in the world. And there's going to be peace all around us. And we're going to have our temple and we're going to have our sacrifices and we're going to have our systems and it's all going to work. And Jesus shows up on the scene, nothing kingly about him, nothing ruler about him, shows up on the scene, moves in and starts to challenge the very way the Jews live their lives and govern the world around them. You follow? So all the way to the cross, the Jews chose, no, it doesn't match what I envisioned, so this can't be the Messiah. And even 2,000 years later, the Jews are still waiting and watching. When's this king going to come? When's he going to reestablish us to our glory of Israel, his chosen people? And in the midst of that, I feel like this is a word to us as well, to each and every one of you is do we sometimes fall prey to the same lie of the enemy in our relationship with God now that Jesus went to the cross and he died for my sins so that my life can be perfect? Exactly how I expect life should go. The Jews are waiting for a Messiah to come and just do it exactly how they expect life to go and they've missed the Messiah who came and actually altered history for all time. And he didn't just fix their daily lives and he didn't fix each and every one of our daily lives. Anybody having a perfect life thus far since you found Jesus? Like what's, what's what's up with that? Right. And we can fall prey to that reality where we start expecting I got saved. Now it's going to be easy. Now it's going to be good. Now it's going to be all this, but let me tell you that God is bigger than what you see from now till even the day that you die. Because God didn't come and die on the cross to save every nitpick part of our lives in the way that we think. He came to rescue and save your eternity, which goes so far beyond what we see right now. Now listen, that doesn't mean he doesn't care about the immediate. It doesn't mean he doesn't care about what's going on in your life right now. But listen, when you understand that Christ came to die and rescue your eternity, It completely alters the way you approach the stuff that happens right in front of you today. Do you follow that? It gives you the authority. It gives you the power to walk and say, my eternity is secure. So whatever you bring at me will not phase me because I know where I'm going and I know what's happening. And I know God's got my back. And there will be blessings that will flow out in this life. I guarantee it. You press in and you follow God because it's your eternity and not because it feels good today. And blessings will flow into your life because God is that good of a father that he is so like, yeah, absolutely. But I have no desire to raise my children by sheltering them in a cabin in the middle of the woods where they have no contact with anyone so they can never have a bad experience. I don't even want that for my kids. I want to train my kids to go out and to face this world that we've got going on, to face the attacks of the enemy and win. God didn't come and die on the cross to protect you in a bubble and make your life all peachy. He came and died on the cross to break the pattern of sin and give you power to walk above it and to bring that freedom and reality to the world around you every day. He's breaking the way we think. Jesus came and did something so big and so eternal and all at the same time, it's all about your right now. And I feel like this is something every one of us needs to hear because I think we often get worn down in our Christian lives going, I signed up for this thing and it's not going how I want because we're sometimes stuck in the same mentality that the Jews we're caught in that said, we want this to come and look just how we expect or else God maybe just didn't do anything real. But I want to say to you, God did an eternal salvation in your heart and an eternal salvation in your life that lasts way beyond what you experience today, tomorrow, next week, or next month. And getting a revelation of that salvation equips you to stand in today And for the joy, as Jesus took to the cross, we walk into battles with the enemy and we say, we have victory. We win at the end, bring it on. Rather than getting pinned down in the battle going, God hates me, it's obvious, okay? Oh, we've all felt it, all of us, me too. Why did God let this happen to me? Why is God letting this circumstance hit my life right now? I don't have an exact answer for that but I know he's given you a sure salvation to carry you through what you're dealing with right now. So this week, as we celebrate the cross, as we celebrate what God did, I challenge you to set yourself in an eternity and say, God, what have you got for me tomorrow? This is like, I know I'm set. Take me into tomorrow with authority, with power. Like we talked about last month, it's like not even fair when we get the revelation that God's bigger that he saw further than what we see. Stand up. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.